This is another episode of Single Shit. Now on the Podbelly.com network and PodcastMo.com. That's a podcast centered right here in Missouri, the Show Me State. It's strange. I'll be honest. I've been eating them since I was a kid. I guess every Salt Life kid knows all about these delicious accompaniments. They are good on their own, dipped in tartar or cocktail sauce. They are fabulous as a dunking agent for clam chowder, and they are easily stolen out of your plate. Above all, they have the most lovable name. Hush Puppy. The pan-fried or deep-fried delight is a mixture of eggs, cornmeal, all-purpose flour, baking soda, salt, and chopped onion. The origin dates back to 1727, in no other than Nouvelle Orleans, present-day New Orleans. They were originally developed by Ursuline nuns, and they named them Croquettes de Maize. That is a perfect picturesque food origin. I can even prove this with documentation. But something still haunted me. Something still tugged at me. If I translate it Croquettes de Maize, it just means corn croquettes. So where the hell was a puppy in all this. And I know what you're thinking, maybe that I'm being a stickler, like why do I even care why it's called a hush puppy? Well, my own origin is I'm from a family of chefs. I'm even a chef myself, and I miss it. I miss being in the kitchen. Occasionally I cook for my friends and daughter, but at the very heart of me, I'm always thinking of the kitchen. After all, I learned from the best, my father, who I share my name with, and my uncle, who I was closest to. I lost him two years ago on September 26, 2017. This episode is for him. For he taught me the basics, the sauces and how to make food taste the best it could. His recipes cannot be duplicated or reproduced. I try, but I'm always lacking. Always good, it just wasn't Dominic's. Dominic taught me that a good chef knows all the ways things are done. And then, with a combination of all the practices, you create your own dish. He was truly the best chef there was and I miss him every day. I took what he taught me to heart, and I decided that the best way to try recipes out was to learn of their native roots. My love for history inspired my cooking, and so, as I was cooking shrimp and grits, low country style, and etouffee, I realized maybe instead of cornbread, I'll do hush puppies. And alas, there I was looking up the recipes and the origins of the colorfully named fried corn puff. It didn't hit me until the origin hit home with me. That how can something so easy to create and make So delicious, could have such a dark and sinister history. Before nuns gave them sexy French names, the slaves in the South were developing their own form of fried corn treat, and for a grave reason. You see, in colonial times, kitchens were built away from the house, for numerous reasons. One of them being, houses used to burn down a lot, so instead of rebuilding the house with the kitchen inside, they built them outside. A funny side note, to this day, old smokehouses still have the distinct smell of smoke even 300 years ago. That smell can be such a reminiscent sensory gift. Smell can just bring you back in time. As the houses were built, with their kitchen kept outside, it was still regarded as the place where most of the servants and slaves stayed and prepped food. But even though slaves were surrounded by so much food, they were starving. How it worked with slavery 
Uh, weekly food rations, usually cornmeal, lard, some meat, molasses, peas, greens, and flour, were distributed every Saturday. Vegetable patches or gardens, if permitted by the owner, supplied fresh produce to add to the rations. Morning meals were prepared and consumed at daybreak in the slaves' cabins. The day's other meals were usually prepared in a central cookhouse by an elderly man or woman no longer capable of strenuous labor in the field, recalled a former enslaved man. The peas, the beans, the turnips, and potatoes, all seasoned up with meat and sometimes a ham bone, was cooked in a big iron kettle, and when mealtime came, they all gathered around the pot for a plenty of helpings. This took place at noon, or whenever the field slaves were given a break from work. At the day's end, some semblance of family dinner would be prepared by a wife or mother in individual cabins. The diets high in fat and starch were not nutritionally sound and could lead to ailments including scurvy and rickets. Enslaved people in all regions and time periods often did not have enough to eat. Some resorted to stealing food from the master. House slaves could slip food from leftovers in the kitchen, but had to be very careful not to get caught. For harsh punishments awaited them. As the masters of these slaves caught on to the slaves stealing from their table, they created a way for the theft to end by enlisting the help of dogs and training them to bark, nip, and even attack a servant or slaves if they caught wind of a slave stealing or eating the master's food. The dogs stayed at attention in the kitchen, watching and monitoring the slaves like a sentry in a fort. They walked with the slaves in the yard, all the way up to the dining room table, watching, smelling, always on high alert, just waiting for the opportunity to attack. Starvation makes you do crazy things, but sometimes it allows the mind to create insightful ways to ward off hunger by being intuitive and realizing that dogs are dumb, that they have a short memory, and what's more, they are not loyal when it comes to food and eating. Dogs can even eat themselves to death, but that wasn't the purpose here. The purpose was to silence them without killing them. And so the slaves rolled cornmeal with bits of egg and fried it, and as they ate off the masters' and diners' plates, as they stole much-needed food from the pantries of the rich to sustain their families and lives, they tossed out the fried corn treats, and then they simply whispered to their guardians a few words. Hush, puppy. Hush. This episode was written and produced by me. Frankie Cambletta with Graveyard Shift and Shift Films. We just want to stop again and say thank you. Our turnout the last couple months has been crazy. And maybe that's because our content got better. Or that we got more serious about doing this. Or maybe it's the Podbelly Network. Or PodcastMo.com, which is a Missouri-centered podcast network. Full of great podcasts right here in Missouri. The Show Me State. This episode is dedicated to my uncle, Dominic DeMiro. I never have focused on the way people die. I always focus on the way they lived. And what better way to focus on Dominic's life than to talk about food and the things that he enjoyed and loved. And one of them was being in the kitchen and making people happy, putting smiles upon their face and giving them full stomachs. So Dominic, if you're out there and you're listening, I love you, man. I hope you liked the episode. We'll be seeing you.